All right. Welcome to our first effort to podcast um, our D&D session from the um, from the realms, a sort of high level party of around 10th, well, uh, used to be 9th and 10th, um, soon to become or in the process of becoming 10th and 11th level characters. But we'll start out and we'll let everybody um, introduce themselves and the characters they're playing. And then we're heading to civilization in Lakeport and maybe Nordhus and shopping and interacting with things. And I'm Carl, um, the DM. Let's go to um, the three folks playing together. Um, and anybody can go, Arvel, Immortalia, or Suri. Right, impressive, impressive wings granted granted by a, a genie who took you at exactly your word and gave you impressive wings. As, That's right. As, as impressive. per usual. As per usual. All right, um, Evan, you want to tell us about um, Arvel? Yeah, I play Arvel. He is a chaotic good elf um, with nine levels of ranger and one of barbarian. And since this hasn't been explained yet, elves in this universe are um, somewhat avian in nature. They've got feathers and other, other neat things. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty chaotic and I do a lot of DPS. All right, excellent. And um, John, you're up with Sue Ree. Uh Yeah, Sue Ree is a vicious little forest gnome who previously existed in an alternate life in Paris, France in like, what was it, 1880s or something like uh, that? 18, 1813, right at the end of the, yeah, end of the Napoleonic Wars as um, Napoleon was retreating, I think from Russia in 1813. Yeah. Was, the, was the last moment when Suri had the, the joy of being in the City of Lights. And, and before that, she may or may not have come from this same D&D uh, world or perhaps from a different D&D type world that, that is yet to be discovered. Yeah, all, all evolving. This is the joy of uh, 9th, 10th, 11th level characters is they all have backstories, most of them from the game. All right, um, AJ, um, Quinn, you're up. Yeah, so um, my character is Quinn. He is a 10th level uh, barbarian black dragonborn. Um, he likes to chop things down. He's chaotic neutral. So he is sometimes nice, but usually he likes to uh, kill more or less. Um, and he's very, he's a very quiet, 
quiet kind of uh, person. But smart. Yeah, but very, very smart, but very quiet at the same time. And, and with destruction. Yeah, in fact, I think in part today's episode, Can I Buy a Cannon, is um, perhaps named for, for Quinn. Uh, what's weapons that he fights with? Oh yeah, yeah. So not all, prim- not, not not all of them. <laughs> oh okay. Well okay. He primarily uses a great axe, but he does have his bite and his uh whatever his uh breath weapon. But yeah, that's usually what he uses. And oh, sometimes I, I, I was thinking I was thinking blunderbuss. Yeah, that, I was gonna say you know, sometimes a blunderbuss, but you know that's not too often, especially since it goes forty feet, and you know usually the enemies are like a hundred feet away, so you know it's not usable inspired in the dm gave you a gun and you're complaining about it yeah well it's not a good gun (laughs) inspired by a visit to to paris in 1813 and then made in this world but then also um probably suri's favorite weapon since she was shot not once but twice in the back twice in a row if i remember correctly yeah and Siri was the one to introduce us to, to the to the weapon. Yeah, in Paris showed me the weapon and the down. She's uh, goodness. Uh, she's the target. There, there have been mis- mistakes have been made. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah. Mission accomplished. Very well. Excellent. All right. So that's that is Quinn and um, our other paladin from the White Gauntlets, Immortalia forgot entirely to introduce the White Gauntlet. So we'll leave it to the more senior member of the, of the paladin exchange program. This is, this is only her second year. She's a newish transfer student. <laughs> uh, I play Sather, the uh, uh, multi-class paladin fighter uh, dwarf. He's... Uh, Immortalia's best friend. Uh, she is Sather's only friend. Um, and he's been with this uh, order of paladins uh, for several years now, a couple of years after he came to the surface uh, from the Gloam Holds. And he's uh, like a grumpy dad with a battle axe. Exactly. exactly like that in fact all right well and then another original denzian of the of the underdark um lillian who who are you playing um i'm lillian i play milden um he's an accidental warlock uh, formerly a frat bro uh, from the Underdark. Um, but, you know, you party too hard, you get lost in a cave, you find a weird rock, and you meet the great old one, and then, you know, suddenly you're a warlock, and what's a warlock got to do? Go adventuring. Um, I, th- I think that's pretty much it about Milden. Um, he has a talking hairy lizard head who appears occasionally um gotten from our first adventure um he does have a familiar uh greg zim who is a uh gigwatt zim um 
and gray takes on many forms as needed um, and is an exciting part of the party. Um, yeah, anything else Im important that you think I'm missing about, about Milden here? No, and actually the hairy lizard head HLH um, reminds me of our two players and our one NPC um, who are not here right now. So hairy lizard head might be contested property. I think um, Cat Lego, our bard, currently has hairy lizard head, but I think he's dropped to the bottom of her backpack, which tends to happen with um, our buddy HLH. Um, in any case, our two other players, um, Meg plays Cat Lego. Um, Meg is not here tonight, but Cat will be tagging along with us, um, a bard and um, our other a human bard. And then um, Kalini or Kaleni, depending, but most often Kalini here is a halfling druid um, that Andrew plays. And then we have one NPC, Urmas, who is a dwarf, um, also from the Gloomholds, although doesn't quite remember Sather, but you know, they come from sort of around the same spots and Urmas is a bit younger than, um, than Sather is. May, or Urmas has recollections of maybe sort of having heard about someone like Sather, but it's unclear. In any case, all the folks are back together. Um, they've been chasing down goblins who are running away with seed packs that were going to allow them and their dragon masters to return um, the dragon lords, particularly Tiamat. And the party has captured two seed packs back, um, recaptured Greg Zine, and has decided to return to the Flying Gherkin, which is the top two stories of a tower and with rock wings on it. Think Baba Yaga's hut, but bigger. And I think they are ready. Um, yes. I had a question. Yeah, boy. I was just going to ask, I was looking at spells and stuff for um, Ermos, and I forgot to ask uh, what domain he is. Um, I will get back to you on that, um, because you and um, Clara need to roll hit points. We leveled up. Yes everybody else or rolled hit points for everybody else and leveled up, but we didn't get to rolling the, um, the paladin. So if you will do that, I will tell you who um, Ermas as a cleric of Ta, what his domain is. And Hannah, you wanna do hit points first and then Clara? Plus three is ten. And for this level, so hundred and four. Hundred and four, man. Heart, you guys. All right, very nice. I love that plus three. That plus three is really very useful. I'm very uh, constitutional. All right, Sather, Crimebot, you're up. Sather rolled a ten, which with all of his pluses, uh, puts him up at 112, I believe. Oh my God. All right, from 99 to 112. 
That's a tank, baby. All right, there you go. Now, so much for being tied with the barbarian. <laughs> Get wrecked, Quinn. Well, I had, I had some, I had a step up on you for a second there. <laughs> All right, one yeah, game. Still, still a level that you're tied. So, um, knowledge domain. Okay. Knowledge. Yeah, because okay. yeah, Ta is a god of making and knowing lots of things. So that would fit for for our buddy Vermont. Okay, so you all have um, returned to the Gherkin, which is on this hilltop um, north of Round Lake. Um, it is actually in, sort of pinned under it. Um, Milden, who was piloting it, crashed it into um, Fahrenheit, the Red Dragon. So you have a Red Dragon corpse under your top of the two-story tower. Um, the rock wings and the ballista that are normally on the back, the ballista is a burnt hulk of um, wood and metal at this point. Um, the rock lit um, the rock wings are not looking all that good. I mean, like their big chicken feathers or big eagle feathers on them um, are singed sort of around the back because you guys had taken a blast of fire. And the front, um, you know, looks like it's been run into a red dragon in a mountainside. Yeah, what would you I all mean, like to do? And considering it had holes in it before, you know, I, I could go ahead and do some, some healing on it. I think we should do some minor healing, get to Lakeport, and uh, we should uh, then give back the stuff that we owe to Lakeport, have them maybe just a slightly fix up the gherkin just a bit, and then go to Nordhus to then acquire the, hopefully, cannons and other stuff that we want built. I trust I trust dwarves the most with building. Well, obviously. We did kind of ghost Lakeport when we went to exactly. chase that red dragon. So we should probably go back. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. You mean saving them from three red dragons all at once, you know. We had an appointment. We told them we would be there at dawn, and then we just weren't there. Yeah, we had yeah, a good I reason. I was gonna ask. Um, how many spell slots um, Ermos has left? All we really need is just some minor healing. So like, yeah. what I was gonna say is because I can do because Immortalia can do Beacon of Hope again, and yeah. then he could just do if he could do like Prayer of Healing or like the Nest Cure Wounds, then everybody will get max. Mm. He'll, he'll be able to heal his maximum amount. That, right. That's so let's 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 go ahead and and play through stuff here. So if there are particular things you want to do when you get back to the gherkin, um, ask. You know what you tell me what you'd want to do, whether it's casting spells or anything. But you, you know, you have wound up back there. The gherkin is a little bit singed on the back. Um, you know, it, it is evening time. You had left um, Lakeport actually probably like around three in the morning, flew 
wound up at the mountains and then chased the fleeing goblins inside. And that ended up taking most of the day. And so you've now returned to the Gherkin and dusk is just about setting. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, Quinn, Quinn is, is going to be like, heal up the dragon, go, go do your things. I'm setting up and going to sleep. Anyone can join me in the, the sleep jail cell. Um, okay. So Quinn will start setting up the his uh, little like sleeping bag or whatever. Awesome. In in what what used to be the the prison cell in the on that um, first floor of the of the Gherkin. Gotcha. That now has bean bags. Now yes, the the prison cell with the the iron bars with bean bags inside of them. The sleeping cell, exactly. Sleeping it's the cell. sleeping cell. Yeah, like monks sleep in a cell. You know, we sleep in a cell. <laughs> Excellent. And so as, as you're back at the Gherkin, if you want to move your tokens around on roll 20 to wherever you would be placed appropriately, that would be that would be helpful in case anything happens on the way back to, to Lakeport. Um, Hannah, what, what healing did you want to do? Did you want Immortalia to do? What were you suggesting that, that Irmas does? Just that I have, so I have Beacon of Hope. So if um, Irmas wants to heal the gherkin up and stuff, mostly just the gherkin. If we want to heal the gherkin up completely, I can do Beacon of Hope and he can just do whatever heal spell he has room for. What about healing the rest of us? Well, I mean, it'll also work no. on the rest of you because it's it's a beacon. Oh, it's Wait. like a broadcast thing? or Yeah, well, it goes, it's, it's limited. Yeah, it's limited to, I think, like 30 three, feet. Yeah, 30 feet, but it's like if people need healing, you guys can like come around and hang out. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Heal. yeah. I'm, so I'm definitely below half. So yeah, yeah where, where's that happening? I can uh, rooftop, that. because that's where the wings are. That's where the wings are. Okay. All right. So everyone heads up to that upper deck where where the wings are, including including Ermas, who is already up there. And oh, most people. Um, who's in the sleeping cell. Yeah, exactly. Quinn, are you yeah, not Quinn, bothering? You're not Quinn is Quinn is already asleep. Do you want us Quinn to is lock done. You in? Do you feel safer if you're locked in or do you want to? <laughs> It, it, lock me in. Go, just do whatever you want. I'm just gonna go to sleep. Milton and Greg Zim will be present for Heal Fest if that's available. Yeah. Heal a Palooza. Heal All right. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so if Ermas is not hitting himself. He can hit everybody else, including Greg Zeme, who's up there, because Mass Healing Word does six. And Milton um, can skip if um, Ermas needs the healing, because I know he was pretty low down, and Milton himself isn't really is bad. Okay. Does Sather need healing? Or Sather okay? I think Sather's okay. Did he take damage last time? Uh, Sather is down to 36. Oh. Interesting. Out of 112. <laughs> uh, nah, he'll deal with it. Right. And <laughs> you're probably going to get a long rest here coming we'll up. So I think yeah. this is this is 
Okay, so Ermas um, starts mumbling, cast um, mass healing word, and that will do, um, actually, I think that's only seven. Oh, it'll do maximum. Right, because it's 1d4 plus spell casting modifier. So that is seven. Although if you use fourth level or higher, and he's going to go ahead and use um, a fifth level spell slot. For this. Dad, if, he's, Dad, if he's using a fifth level spell slot, he might as well use um, Mask Cure Wound. Okay, so 3d8. Um, Plus spell casting ability. Yeah, so eight times three, um, 24 plus three, 27 hit points for everybody who is That's better than seven. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. All right, um, let's do math here. Arval, what does that bring you to? 34 plus 27 yes. is 61. Excellent. Um, Suri? I am at 55 now. Outstanding. Uh, Milden, you skipped it. Um, mm -hmm. Greg Zeem is at 28 now. Um, Immortalia? Uh, 92, and then do I add my 10? Yes. Yeah. Okay, 102. I'm so healthy. Oh, my God. Um, I have this healthy since this morning. Sather, Quinn skipped it. Um, Kalini, not there. Having these black sneakers. Cat, not there. And 64 for, for Ermas. Excellent. Okay. Um, so Ermas, um, chance there, um, actually moves around a little bit and, um, is both like tapping people, um, on the shoulders to heal. Um, but then also goes over to the wings and you see a number of the feathers in that um, are at least the areas that were scorched healing up. So the, um, the gherkins wings are back to operational level. All right, can I go ahead and give uh, the gherkin 15 more hit points? I'm just gonna use the rest of my laying on hands. Excellent. Yes, um, you can do that. And that heals the wings almost back to to max. Sweet. I could probably bring it to max if we need be. I have several open spell slots. Yeah, I mean, why, why not? How, how far down is it? Because that will determine how, what slot I use. Um, well, it looks relatively close to, to being full. Like there are still lines of you know where the flames went like it's it's burnt but it's just a little bit of of scarring on the tissue so uh it should be, be yeah i don't i don't if, see why if i if i did first if i if i did a first level slot that would give 11 hit points if i did it at second level that would be that'd be 19 hit points um, yeah, so either one of those, you, you, I would say that the option of second level, you feel a hundred percent confident first seems like you might, it might do it, but you know, you can't just go, ah, 11 hit points for these wings. You're like looking yeah. at these, you yeah. know, well, I'll, I'll do the 11. I'll use a third, uh, of my first level slots. 
give it 11. Okay. Um, so it heals up and yeah, for all practical purposes, it looks like it's back to, back to full health there. All right. Should we get this show on the road? Yeah. Back I mean, I guess I can't say anything. I'm sleeping. Yeah. Lake Fort to reimburse them for the ballista and yeah. other wrapped up. In his sleep, Quinn mumbles, yes. I'll get yeah. a, I'll, I can get us a spike, a new spyglass. I mean, we should all get us a new spyglass. We're, it, we're not we're wanting for money. Well, we got to spend money on the, on the remodel first. Got to make it OSHA approved. Yes, we do. We need OSHA to approve our gherkin. All right. So on the, on the shared screen, um, where my cursor is at the moment between these two hills to the northwest of Lakeport is is where the gherkin is. And, you know, it's eight, nine-ish at night at this point in time. Um, dusk has settled down. And Milden, I'm assuming you're piloting with um, Irmas's assistance, the, the gherkin, since that tends to be our, our mode of operating. Yep, and I moved myself back in front of the controls. Awesome. So where, how would you like to get back to get back to Lakeport. Are you you making a beeline across the lake? Each one of these squares, while it's a day's travel on on foot on the ground in the Gherkin is an hour or maybe a little bit more than an hour um, flying time. So it'll still take you a while to get back to to Lakeport from where you are, but how would you like to do that? Um I think we're going for just straight over the lake um, as long as the gherkin looks like it's been healed sufficiently and isn't gonna, you know, give out on us partway through. Um, yeah. Yeah, that might have been a been a question had you just taken off, but with the, um, with the healing from everybody, the wings are fit as a fiddle and ready. And to we can head. fly high enough that we won't get attacked by sea monsters because I remember that being a thing last time we flew over the lake. <laughs> yes, we will We will fly high over the lake. We will also, stay away. Did we do something about the red dragon ports? Or is that just part of our decor now? Oh, I, I no, no. Well, I don't you, think you have we were I do have, uh, well, no, head. I have Nishi's head. I, I probably tied I, it onto the front of the gherkin. No, but we, the, the dragon that we crashed into, it's still there. Yeah, so Baron just... Nietzsche, uh, Immortalia beheaded Nietzsche and had brought that head up and tossed it here. Um, Fahrenheit was squished by the gherkin. And so right now Milden is taking off and like it's and you're pulling up and the body of Fahrenheit is like still mushed down into the snowy, muddy hillside. And you're you're lifting off and flying away from that. Okay. Did you did you want that as a trophy, Saber? No, I was I Checking. I told him, I think if anything, I should have taken the head, but I think it's too late I'm now and I'm saying. fine with it. I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't need a, a dragon head hanging around. Yeah, entirely your choice. You could yeah. ask Milden to turn the car around and go back and, you know. No, I think we're, we're all tired enough. I think we should just 
yeah, head as can, quickly as we can. We to, can to harvest stuff from Nishi's head. It's, yeah, they're one, both red dragons. It's one, close enough. One head's enough for for glory. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to be I mean, that. We've got we we, we killed three of them. I yeah. mean, one the biggest head is really the mo the one important <laughs> one, right? Represent uh, all of them. Okay. Um. Fair enough. So you all are heading off. I'm assuming everyone is where they are on the map of the Gherkin, four of you still back up looking at the, at the stars on that back, back side as the Gherkin flies <laughs> away. Um, Milden and Sather and Ermas down inside, Quinn getting some Zs inside. Okay, I see Arvel and Immortalia moving off to the front. <laughs> <laughs> Suri down by her lookout spot. So um, Immortalia, um, Arvel, and Suri, will you give me a perception check here? No. That's a big seven. Yeah, you see the tops of trees. Suri, you may not even be really staying awake here. The you know, it's like you, you've just gotten on an airplane. You're that kid. You're really excited. And then you're like, oh, shit, I've been up for like 18 hours. I didn't even realize there's a lake. <laughs> you guys aren't really yet to the lake. But Suri is oh. out within the first 15 minutes of the flight. Um, I rolled a 24. I got Ouch. a 16. Would you like to use my spy glass, by the way? Sure. <laughs> I can't really see that far. I can see some as long as it's a clear night. If, it, if it's clear and there's moonlight, I can see okay. But I can't probably see as good as you can. Yeah, so Arvel, with your sharp um, bird-like eyes of an avian there looking over things, um, you notice like within the first couple of, first hour, first hour and a half or so, a number of locations where bands of goblins, you know, you probably can see like eight or so all total, like, you know, looking around. Um, none of these are really big groups. Most of them, a dozen or less, but they all seem to be heading either to the west or the northwest. And they're like sneaking from clumps of trees to other trees. Some of them are on wolves or dogs, but this looks like um, the remnants of an army that is in retreat. Um, maybe the army might be the wrong word. Horde might be more, more correct to describe it, but you know, just little, little bands of them. Yeah, and I, I, I show that to anybody around who isn't seeing that the cats up there with us and uh, in case Immortality can't see that, I'd, I'd make that known to her as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's anything much we can do about them right now. We're no, we're just passing comment, that sort of thing. Using the new speaker, the speaker connection, it still works oh. from up there on the, the front balcony down to the pilot. Does not work anymore going back to the, the back deck and the ballista since that was burnt and isn't repaired with with a healing spell. Um, okay. So you continue on your journey, um, flying across the lake. And it is, let's see here. One, 
two-ish, three-ish, four-ish, five. It's about six or so hours to Lakeport. So you're coming into Lakeport from, from the west at about um, probably about two or so in the morning at this time. I can switch maps to the Lakeport map here. And Lily, anything that, um, that Milden is doing in terms of flying into, into the city? Um, so you all are coming in. Yeah, maybe not purely from the west, a little from the northwest, but if you're looking on the map now, like you can see lights around the inner harbor, the coal docks on Vikirka. It's not um, like a super well-lit city. Um, in fact, there are far fewer lights because last time you flew into the city, there were fires burning from where the dragon had attacked it. Um, really, there are just a few street lights um, that seem to be lit. And there are um, two places that are really obvious to you. One north by the coal docks and a second one, not all the way down at the inner breaks, but on that little peninsula that comes up from the breakwaters. Um, there are two things that, best way to describe it would sort of be like a searchlight. It's like there's a torch and then a mirror and they seem to be like sweeping out over the lake or over the sky, like they're looking around for things. Um, I think Milden, in terms of just driving, is going to be headed for Dekirka, and you know to put the the gherkin back down um, next to the um, the church um, there that they've been using, you know, where, where the gherkin's been parked. Um, and I think, um, you know, based on the last experience, I don't remember if we like had like a like gauntlet flag or if, you know, maybe Milden would just ask, um, you know, someone on the top deck to make a proclamation of some sort um, just to confirm that this is us. This is our flying gherkin, and it hasn't been taken over by things. Yeah, John? Should, yeah. should we maybe go to the town hall and take the seeds that we were able to reclaim back to the town hall? Or are we just oh. going to do that on foot or whatever? How late is it? It's like 2 a.m. Uh, we shouldn't do that until the morning, I don't think. Cause, cause... Well, I mean... Yeah, I, I think... We... They know we went off trying to bring it back. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but it they're, might they're, be a good idea probably to wait asleep. till morning. It will probably be better protection for them anyways. Okay. You know, just in case. They got a nice big courtyard to land in. They do have a nice big courtyard. So Arval and Immortalia, you see um, flying up from the city coming towards you, a Pegasus with a rider on its back. Oh, I'm going to wave. Uh, yeah, he is and big smile, as, big smile on my face. As long as the two-handed wave isn't a uh, we need danger 
We need danger. We need, danger. We need more we, danger. We need. We've run low. We're, yeah, we're in danger. Yeah. Like All right. You're 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 absolutely right. The waving. In fact, you see when he gets about halfway towards you, you see Micah um tasseled hair on on the the Pegasus, and he actually when he sees you in Martalia, he waves back and turns and flies. He can fly faster on the Pegasus I, than you I, can. I, I, I put up three fingers and then I go like. And then okay. two thumbs up. Got Three it. dragons, no dragons. He waves back, not necessarily understanding your your sign language Martalia there. Is terrible with signaling to non-dragon type creatures. Yes, but he looks like he is flying towards the um, the fiery searchlights and passing word on that in fact this is the Gherkin, not not another dragon approaching town. Don't yeah. don't fire ballistas at it. Immortal is going to radio down to Milden. Radio is going to intercom down to Milden and be like, Milden, uh, Micah just swung by. They know it's us, so we're all good to go. Thank you, Immortalia. No problem. She's the big yawn. The big yawn. <laughs> awesome. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> We all do. Yeah, yeah. It's, been a, it's been almost a 24 hour day. Again. Again. And the se second time you've done the almost a 24 hour per day. Um, you do, you're able to land next to Dekirka. Uh, Milden, you sort of know ways to land on the wider boulevard street there that runs north south right next to where Dekirka is. You're able to put it down and go back and get your. Gherkin parking space. Um, Gherkin parking we, only. There's a little sign yes. there. Well, and, and actually there, it looks like there's a bunch of toolboxes and stuff all set around. Like it was all prepared <laughs> in that, some extra lumber in that to repair things. And now it looks like the, con well, the contractors have gone home. They were there at 6 a.m. And there was no Gherkin because you guys took the Gherkin off to do other things. Um, but you all land, um, Micah comes over and is like, so what happened? We were worried about you guys when you, when you all left. Well, we slayed the dragons. Both Fahrenheit and, um, and Nietzsche? Yeah, Nietzsche. we did it. We got them both. This is wonderful news. I'm going to have to go tell um, Mayor uh, Ada Perlman, and I've got to tell um, the commander, um, Feather Van de Beek, um, right away. And he, like, runs off um, on, actually not on the Pegasus. He first runs into De Kirka, um, and probably only about five minutes later, um, Feather Van de Beek is knocking on well actually i guess not even so much a door climbs into the gherkin through no, one of the many holes and it's like so i hear you had successful hunting yeah you should hold up Mishi's head it's probably as big as i am <laughs> how bigger. big is his head or how bigger. big is this freaking head oh his there head is go. yeah is at least in martalia size if not twice that big it is sitting Actually, the head is probably sitting out on the back deck where the 
ballista used to be because that's about the size of it. Yeah, Immortality is going to be like, if you want to see our progress, you could, you could go up top. Go ahead there. You can head you can up head, there. Yeah, you can head up there. Excellent. Well, so Feathered and Van de Beek is happy to let you all all sleep and rest. I mean, she recognizes it is 2 a.m. and as warriors, you've been gone all day, but she would be happy in the morning um, to have a report from you all. And if you want, since you're, you'll be back and waking up in the morning and telling me what you want to do, I'm going to drop in not only the map, but I'm going to drop the list of sites and then also people from Lakeport that you had met before in, and then you can tell me the next day, like things that you would like to do, um, either by looking on the map or deciding if there's anyone else in Lakeport that you all would like to talk to. Where, where is this list? Oh, I dropped it into the chat and it's the, the Google Doc that is there. So it's got the names, which were also on the map that we were looking at. And then it's got the people that you met from, you know, Lieutenant Hawthorne, um, all the way through Meredith Weedseed, Feather Van de Beek, Ada Perlman, um, the people that you had had dinner with when you discovered, oh, that's what the goblins were raiding for. They were looking for those ancient seed packs and you heard Meredith Weedseed's vision. So we'll, you know, we'll fast forward to 8 a.m. and being a ship shape commander, um, Feather Van de Beek will have folks come over to wake you up because she needs sort of official news. Um, she'll in fact bring a nice breakfast of coffee. Um, Apple Rose Hawthorne, the little halfling, um, is carrying in her mom's best porridge. And that I, she's not that little, 15 or so, but. Um, Awful Rose is there. Um, Commander Feather Van de Beek is there. Um, Lieutenant Hawthorne is there. Um, Micah is there. And then a number of Van de Beek's um, commanders. So a number of gnomes and halflings are all sort of coming in. Yeah, probably it's half a dozen or so officers from the militia and they're waiting to hear both about what you all just did, but then also what you are thinking in terms of your next, your course of action. Uh, I mean, Sather can, uh, Sather can give the like official sit rep, like what happened and the kind of forces that they were up against and all that technical jazz. Okay, you want to say some of that like quickly, maybe not as detailed as Sather would, but give a, a quick recap of what all happened and then figure out what, what you all would like to ask. 
bold of you to assume I remember what happened. <laughs> the dragons are dead. Consult the, consult the note taker. I do take many yeah. notes. Many, many weeks it later. Was, it was very exciting. All right. I mean, so, also, also, Sather did just get dragged around a lot and ran after the gherkin. That did. Oh, um, oh no, that was earlier. I was going to brag about catching a boulder, but that didn't happen this time. No, not that was not while being that was cool. Didn't you ride one of the dragons for a little bit? Didn't you get on the back of a dragon at one point? Oh, I did do that. Yeah. I think that was Saint Quinn and almost immortality. Oh, <laughs> one dragon. So yes. it's just so cool that things like riding dragons are just, you know. I'm pretty sure Sather was the one who was actually re really riding the dragon. I know I was kind of hanging on to the side of, a, of the dragon. <laughs> was trying to was the dragon. And Sather was there actually doing, doing, doing his job. <laughs> well, which is, which is why the dragon grabbed Sather and then tried to hurl him at the, at the gherkin. But yeah, so one dragon beheaded, another one smushed with the gherkin, two, two and a half of the four seed packets recovered and back in town and Lakeport is no longer under threat from dragons and their goblin hordes. The goblins are still there though. Like we, we saw quite a few of them uh, on the way there or on the way back, and then also when we were fighting the dragon, we they're they're running up northwest to the the tomb of De Kirka, I believe, right? Deterus, Deterus, wrong wrong Deterus. thing. De Kirka is some other thing. <laughs> De Kirka is the uh, is the temple that you guys are sitting right next to. Yeah, I big brain over here. <laughs> they 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 both have a D name. <laughs> So should it, like a bunch of us or some of us take the seeds over to the, yeah, to the, uh, to the town city hall? hall or whatever for yes, yeah, see, I mean, see what they want to do, see if they want us maybe to take them back to Norhus like or Suri and Cat and know. whoever else take the seeds back and does see. the commander want any kind of compensation for the lost ballista that they loaned to oh, us? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, we did kill the dragons. I feel like that's payment it's enough. It's still a valid question to ask, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Feather Van de Beek is like, that is, while that is very generous, it was warfare. And I think killing two dragons is sufficient payment, more than sufficient payment for, um, for the okay. loss of a ballista. So, consider oh. the debt, not only the debt paid, but consider us in your debt. Okay. Also, I think Quinn will uh, stay and talk about the the plan uh, afterwards of what we're going to do after we leave Lakeport, and yeah. see if he wants to get any troops or anything like that or whatever he, his thoughts are about our plan. Okay. Well, and feather her 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 plan. Um. Yeah. So Quinn can stay with um with Feather and Micah and the other um, officers of the militia who are planning next steps and we can talk through that. Why don't we go first with Suri and Kat and anybody else who wanted to head on down to the, um, to the town hall and we'll go back and 
share the screen here quickly, just so we have a sense of, of movement on the map. So you guys are over by Dikirka. So John, you're thinking Suri and Kat, or is there anybody else joining them on the, the trip to the town hall? Feedbacks. I didn't grab one, but I think I might. No, I don't know what I want to do. Ooh, Talia has a couple other things that she'd like to do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah, right now. I had a seat. Somebody like Cat had. Maybe Polini. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I. It. It's certainly easy enough for you to pass around the four seed packs True. that you have, and for Suri and Cat to go ahead and make the journey from Dikirka down to Town Hall. You know, it's probably. Right an hour or so walk down there, which you're able to do. We catch a, a rickshaw or a taxi mm -hmm. or something, whatever this town has going on for- um, Yeah, there are, there are some carts. In fact, Apple Rose will go with you and she'll arrange for, you know, it's not all that elegant. Um, it's perhaps a little bit better than a hay cart, um, but she's able, it, you know, it's got like benches in the back of it but you're able to hop on. And so that does speed up the ride. You're able to get to town hall. And, and it was a really rough day. I mean, sure we could walk it, but. Oh, and by the way, also put your feet yeah, up and ride. And having slept overnight, everybody, that's a long rest. So you're restored to, to full hit points and right. smell slots and everything are back. Um, yeah, so you arrive at Town Hall and you're able to go in and see Mayor Ada Perlman. And what do um, Kat and Suri want to, to say to her as they're giving the, the seat um, packs back? So she's aware of, the, of that, was it a prophecy or? Yeah, she was at the at the dinner at the at the Breakwaters where Meredith okay. we'd see passed out the, the parts of the prophecy and it was read and you and the, the town leaders were able to figure out, oh, this is, you know, this is why they were attacking this town hall in this halfling and gnomish city. Like it seemed weird that dragons were so intent on attacking a town hall, but you figured, oh, they're doing it because these seeds will allow them to use the mirror pawns in Dedarus's tomb um, right. to unlock the secrets of how they bring back Tiamat. Um, so yeah, so Ada Perlman knows knows that story. So yeah, so I I want to um, I guess kind of pick her brain a little bit. Like okay, so we found these alfalfa seeds, and there was some other seed that we found, but I can't remember what it was. And then we found oats and we weren't clear if oats were part of the vision or not. And I wondered for one thing, if she had any insight into that, like what was the vision mentioned like hayseed and we've kind of had an uncertainty of our oats hayseed or what? And I just wondered if she had any insight into that and let her know that, you know, this is what we've been able to recover from their, their stores or whatever, their, their archive. 
Yeah. So she's like, hmm, let me see here. And she starts flipping through paper. She's like, you know, I don't, I don't have every bit of Meredith's um, vision memorized. She had it all down on those sheets of paper. But I think I took um, some notes about it. Um, let's see what she was saying there. So she was talking about hayseed, straw, alfalfa from long, long, long ago, barley to brew with, who knew? So those were the four things, hayseed, straw, alfalfa, and barley. And you have, and she lays out the four seed packs, you have oats, you have alfalfa, yeah. you have a peach pit, and you have, and she blows like on the, the burnt one. Oh, oh, barley. So. Oh, got a little toasty. Yeah, sort of toasted barley. You, you know, it can actually be sort of good. My grandma used to do some nice toasted barley. Yes. Um, it's not as good for your archive, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're wondering if oat counts as as hayseed or straw? Well, I don't think it would be straw, but there was some discussion about it possibly qualifying as hayseed or not. Yeah. I guess I'm just looking for another opinion, like part of disrupting this ritual is keeping these seeds out of their hands. And like, for instance, I mean, is this the only alfalfa you had? Could they have scored another packet of some other variety? I mean, do we have to be cautious of that or? Well, they were. This would be the only packet you had and they definitely don't have alfalfa and yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come, come with me. She's like, come on, come yeah, on. We're, more we're going about the archive itself. That could be helpful to us. Let's, let's go look at the archive. I'll, I'll, I'll show you what they did. And she takes you down and she's like, it's only been a day. And remember, they had come in and goblins were tearing through the lower story. So it, you know, you had seen it before. It looks better. Um, Lakeport administration has had a day to clean it up but it is pretty trash. But she takes yeah, you down right. to this room that has like a bunch of filing, it's not really filing cabinets so much as like sample cases. So they're sort of like the equivalent of filing cabinets, those hanging drawers, but there's clearly places where seeds would have been put and they're putting it back together. And they've got samples from like 400 years worth of props have been, okay. you know, used to be neatly filed here are no longer so neatly fire, filed. And she's like, you know, when we look at these and she's like pulling through these and chatting to you and this probably takes like an hour and a half or two hours and she gets other clerks running around. But there are clearly things that are labeled like hayseed and there are things that are labeled oats and there are things that are labeled straw. And so okay. they have labels for each one separately. And ultimately, Ada Perlman in consultation with, you know, actually, it's probably about 
a dozen different little gnomes and halfling bookkeepers and that all together. You know, you can never be certain with all their different opinions, but <laughs> Suri is being a gnome herself is fairly certain after this hour and a half that the labels would be accurate and hayseed would have meant hayseed and straw would have meant straw and oats means oats that you eat, not hay that you use for animals or straw that you leave. You know. Right, right, right. So I guess the other question is, and they're, they're still sort of reassembling things, but I guess if we could get um, uh, informed or get a copy of what they ultimately decide is missing so we can determine if the kobolds were able to score or I mean the goblins were able to score um, what they need for this ritual or not. Um. We have made we may have recovered a packet of barley, but not all the barley that was taken, or the same for alfalfa. We may have gotten one, but there may be would you roll a d6 for me and a d12? And a d6 and a d12. Yes, because you're you're gonna get talking to a dozen different clerks and add a Perlman, you're gonna get two time estimates on how many days it's gonna take <laughs> to, to get this list to you. Well, if I understand correctly, it looks like it'll be three to six days before they have an answer. That, well, yes. Yeah. So a, a group of them, uh, the, the one subcommittee comes back with the answer that it'll be three days and the other subcommittee comes back with the answer that it'll be six days. Um, the halflings, meanwhile, have gotten bored and they've wandered off, but the gnomes are there tallying all these different things <laughs> up. And yeah, three to six days is your answer. And are any of them Scotty from Star Trek? So when they say three days, mm -hmm. they really mean uh, half a day. Um, perhaps, but she <laughs> doesn't have that good of feeling. She's thinking three to six days. I, you know, I, I'm not sure what Suri's opinion of other before, is. Maybe one of them is during the forge. Yeah, before the week is out, we may have an answer. Yeah, so they, they, you know, you will have tallies that will be delivered to you over at the Gherkin if it is still outside of the Gherkin in right, three right, right. to six days. And maybe even maybe even frequent runners giving you um, updates every six hours on how they are beginning this cataloging process. We have we have top gnomes working on this. Yes, top they, gnomes. The, crack, the crack gnome team is, is on it. All right, meanwhile, back in the Gherkin, um, Quinn and I don't know who else was wanting to stay and talk um, military strategy, but uh, I know- Probably Sather. Okay, so Quinn and Sather, um, other folks staying or other folks going out and going about town? I think Immortalia, she probably would want to stay for the military meeting, but after that, she wants to go and find Pangloss and see what he's, see if he's found anything in the last couple of days about the, the bowl and the dragon lords and stuff. 
Okay, and you can do that in sequence, but I mean, it may, it, I'm not quite sure how long the discussion would be. If so, if you're dividing and conquering, you get done faster um, overall yeah. for the party, but I certainly- yeah, I, I guess I could do, what, what do you guys think? Should she stay and listen to the military rattle? Yeah, if that makes sense for Immortalia, sorry. Yeah. Part of her occupation, I think she would stay. Exactly. Okay. Arvel, yeah, Arvel and Milden, are you staying or are you going going out and about town? Um, Immort well, Milden is maybe in part interested in like poking at the Gherkin and like, you know, making sure it's solid. But I think also if Immortalia, um, you know, wanted to delegate and send Melvin off to talk to Pangloss. Um, that's definitely an option. Do you do your poking around the gherkin while we're in the meeting and then we go off together? We could do that, but I was just wondering for like time efficiency since I think we weren't really planning Good to be here else. for super long. Yeah. Um, we can a while. That's, that's true, but I mean, yeah, it, it, do what you want. Um, okay, so I'm hearing Milden is, so, oh, by the way, after the um, people arrived early in the morning, you gave your quick report, the um, city contractors um, show up again and they are ready to go. So there is much repair work being done on the Gherkin, including a group of three grumpy dwarfs who are, working away doing stonework on the, I was gonna say the concrete, I suppose <laughs> they don't have concrete parts, but on the, the stone part of the, um, the masonry work on the, on the gherkin repair, repairing that. Um, Arvel, I think you're the only one who I don't know what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, I was originally thinking of, of being like a passive observer on the meetings, like I wouldn't probably wouldn't contribute much to the discussion, but I was trying to think of what else I could do. And then I thought maybe he would go, I mean, he could go find Pangloss and, and catch up. But I, I was also thinking about going to one of the, um, like one of the gates into the city and just like, being a sentry with whatever militia people are there, just, just, you know, to be practicing my, you know, my watchful eyes and everything like that. So I could go. Entirely, yeah, in, in, entirely up to you. If you'd like to look at the map and tell me a gate that you'd like to go to or going to the hex, or if you want to stay and you know, be the wood health that's hooked. The, um, the meeting is going to be in the Kirka. So it's that um, sort of church-like building with all yeah, that yeah. instead made out of all the um, trees as the, sort of the natural growth. Um, almost oh, the tall low. building. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Do I what? Oh, stand. It is, yes, it is a tall building. This is not a place that um, Quinn has to um, hunch down to to get in and that wouldn't be a bad place for Arvel to hang around the walls as the, the rest of the folks are 
our talking strategy with um, with Feather Van de Beek. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Okay. Um, awesome. So, what's the what's the conversation? What what are you all wondering about? What are you suggesting? All right. So I think Quinn is Quinn is going to start off with talking about going to uh, Nord, who's not really about like getting getting upgrades, but about going to Nord, who's refilling on the on what stocks and other stuff we need and getting a few upgrades as well and then going off and going to the it's going really just in a general area of northwest yeah, and looking for too. yeah 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 looking for def 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 whatever his name there. is the, and yeah. the dragon lords are supposedly there but we haven't confirmed that yet where where are the dragon lords supposedly? Um, a place called Dedarus's tomb. Um, we were well. I guess we were going to have to see if Ermas could scry on it or do something, get some information uh, magically on it before we go. But we have other things to do, like fixing the gherkin and resupplying and everything. Right. Well, the, the CBs that you guys had told us were coming from Nardhus um, just arrived this morning. So they're helping us repair the, um, the city walls. Some of them are working on the locks by the river to repair the damage from the red dragons attacking there. Um, so certainly if you all have information on where the dragon lords were planning on meeting and where the goblins may have gone with the seeds that they they got away if you want to head there that makes sense but we're not from your reports and from our scouts reports um the goblins that have been like out raiding in the countryside around lakeport like they're all evaporating and disappearing like last night we have a few reports of attacks from the a little the northern part of Round Lake and some from the far west of Round Lake, but nothing from over here along the eastern shore. So it's like those goblins are vanishing. And if you killed the three dragons, we feel pretty secure with the city right now. Good to hear. Yeah, uh, since since the since the dragons are dead, I mean, I think you should at least Lakeport should be at least pretty safe, especially with the uh, people from Nordhus coming over and protecting even more. So, right. Well, and if you would, if you want to return to Nordhus and let the folks there know that um that you've reached us and that the dragons are gone and that we're now that we're now safe that is if you want to talk to lord mayor dwight arhus about what you've done here that would make a lot a lot of sense i mean the white gauntlets already had their success in defeating dragon lords further to the north this might have turned the tide, 
I just don't know. And this is Feather Van de Beek. I'm not a wizard or a mage. I don't know what one or two of the seed packets not being recovered. I don't know what that means in terms of the overall objective of the Dragon Lords with bringing back Tiamat. I don't know if they're able to do that or not. That would be the type of thing that a wizard, you know, or a druid or someone might be able to speak to more. Yeah. Yeah, our plan, our, I mean, also our plan is to also see if there may be a way to get, I mean, maybe get some troops from you as well as maybe even get some from Nordhus. Because if, if we go to the tomb and there are more dragons than we think, we, I mean, we can take on three dragons pretty easily, but it, or not easily, obviously, <laughs> for like eh, somewhat easily. We with, don't need troops from Lakeview. But the, we do. This, this city is, is uh, been through some times. And I don't think we need what's left of their civilian militia to accompany us uh, up to this uh, dragon fight. Yeah, and I mean, Micah, Micah, Micah steps forward and says, "While the city militia might not come, I would be happy to come." Yes, Micah. Oh my goodness, Micah. That is very sweet of you, but I think you should stay and help your, I guess your kind of, I wouldn't say hometown, but home for now town. I mean, it's your decision, Micah. You could, you could come with us. I mean, like old times, you know? Um, Apple Rose and Micah are sort of like looking at each other. Um, I mean, there's something exchange going on between the, the two of them with only, you know, like glances at each other. And Micah says, I'll, I'll think about it. Fair enough. So the, the over there and there, I would say that you all are like moving troops around. They're talking about the troops from Nardhus, the CBs, the engineers have just arrived. Other reinforcements in terms of dwarfs from Nardhus and troops from the White Gauntlet are only about a day away. So Lakeport is going to get reinforcements. The big question is what about the seeds and the possibility of the dragons returning or more dragons causing trouble that that's the thing that's troubling them the most is like here was this one attack what about future attacks and they also don't have any answers about the seeds like they're this group is not about magic although you are in Dikirka. And um, Meredith Weedseed, um, the Druid, is only a few rooms away. So there are places, if you all want it, you know, either here or um, going over to the Hex and talking to wizards where you might be able to get. You have someone do legend lore on Dedarus's tomb or on one of the dragon lords or on all of the dragon lords. I don't know. The more specific you get, the better, but you know. Right. Think. Yeah. So I would say, you know, it's mid-ish afternoon. Um, Suri and Kat 
you've returned from your morning era down to town hall. The group has gotten together, um, sort of had lunch amid the contractors nailing away and soothing the gherkin. In fact, the, the chicken legs that come down from the bottom have gotten shined up like it's weird, <laughs> but there are people with like um, legs and that shining the chicken um, nails on the bottom and that and the gherkin is starting to look pretty nice. Have they fixed the hole in the bottom? Um, you know, there is now a um, wooden door that's like thick oak that opens and closes. Actually, yes. it doesn't open and close on a hinge. It's a sliding door. So it slides over as a floor and then slides back out. Finally. Amazing, beautiful. Give the, the gnome and halfling um, carpenters a big thank you for that. Absolutely. Yes, we will, we, we will, uh, we can uh, pay them their dues oh no 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 we're, we're no money we we are Aww. we expect nothing for this you've saved lakeport they absolutely Aww. refuse payment well, put, put your maker's mark on it will be your, <laughs> your greatest advert ever oh that's already been done <laughs> <laughs> they're way ahead of us anyways um i think immortality would like to uh take Milden if he'd be interested in accompanying her to the Hex and see if they can find hand gloss and uh, see what he's found out, if he's found out anything. Um, yeah, and so you all could do that in the afternoon. I guess I'm hearing Immortalia and Milden doing that is Anyone else joining them or the rest of you hanging out? It, also, if there's any shopping that folks need to do, um, you could certainly run and get equipment. Remember, most of your money is back in Nordhus. And if we ever get to Nordhus, I have actual gold piece amounts um, in terms of if all the gems had been put together and everything from um, the hordes and stuff that you had retrieved, actually all the way back to the Gloamholds when we, when we started this around fifth level for you all, you had shoved that in the bank of Nordhus when you had to run out of there really quickly. So you do have lots of money when we get back to the next town. Um, but also you guys have bits of money on you now if there's any shopping folks want to do you could do yeah. that and we could certainly have more than just um immortalia and milden go to um go to the hex but i'm also happy with just two of you making that run i think quinn might go he's just gonna but he'll he'll kind of just be there he won't probably be talking too much we'll we'll take radiance so that we can ride and we don't have to walk we can go quick Okay. Yeah. So afternoon. Um, I would call your attention to the list of important folks from, from Lakeport that you met. And you'll notice sort of third from the bottom, there's a gnome that you met um, from the Red Wizards. He was one of four city nobles at the 
nobles, representatives at the meeting where you talked about Meredith Weedseed's vision or where she shared that. So it was Meredith Weedseed, Feather Van de Beek, um, the mayor, Ada Perlman, and then this oldest gnome. And for the life of you, you all probably don't remember his name. No, just Tangle. That's what I remember. Yeah, well, there was the Tangles. There was also, there was a fifth. There was David Tangle, who was the representative of the, the Tangle, the family, the Tangles. Um, but there was this other little known. And you know, he had talked about, like he said, oh yeah, your, your, um, your friend Pangloss had come to the Hex and I've given him a room to study the scrying bowl and he's working away on it. But you sat and had this whole three hour dinner your memories of the other folks' names are pretty good. And you cannot remember his name. Like you remember meeting him, but you also don't have a really good recollection, even if he was a gnome. Like, I mean, there are moments when you've stopped thinking about it and you're like, was he a gnome or a halfling? You know, there was that guy from the Red Wizard. Was that the guy, a guy or a girl? You know, like it's, strange what's playing with your memories here when you're thinking about him or her. All right, well, let's continue and see what we can find. I am gonna run and get a sweater though, because I'm actually quite chilly. Okay, real world running to get sweaters. Um, so most of you are, three of you heading over from the Kirka riding Radiance over. Are you all gonna go through the small side streets or are you staying on the main boulevards on your way over to to the hex over this way who was going again i was, was yeah go ahead it was quinn i mean well it was quinn immortalia and is it milden or sather milden ah he cares about magic <laughs> he's got some our, magic. our magic cares about him Eh, magic cares about him. Yeah, so main main streets are side streets because direct, you know, as the crow flies, although nothing is as the crow flies in Lakeport. It's I all small fly. little winding I could fly there. I could fly there and carry Milden. Right, well, Quinn is also coming. Um, I guess I could probably just run, to be honest. Yeah, or you could ride on Radiance. Radiance is fast. Right. Well, so my question, assuming that you all were riding on Radiance the way you had said before, was are you taking the major boulevards to the Hex or are you cutting through on the side streets? Hey, I mean, whatever is more direct, I guess. You know, we'll take the main streets. I feel like that's more exciting. Okay. So you're going down the main boulevards. Yeah. And that probably makes sense. Um, going at a fair rate on a large elk with a dragonborn running behind you, it's probably the easier way to get over to the hex. When you approach the hex, yeah, the hex is an interesting building. I mean, you all are quite a sight running through this city that's mostly built for halflings and gnomes on these, the green hills and that, but staying to the main boulevards, um, Radiance's horns don't get hooked in anything, don't hook anybody, although a number of people have to move out of the way of Radiance, um, not from getting hooked with his horns because the horns easily go above all their heads. by their heads. Yeah, but when you come to the Hex, 
Um, it is surrounded by basically a 12, 15 foot um, briar wall on the outside in sort of a square. On the western edge of it, where the boulevard runs north south, there is there is a gate. And the hex itself, you can see from outside, is um, like this six story brick tower, but it's all covered in ivy. And then on each side, there are three windows um, that look out of each of the six sides. And you come to the main gate. And what would you like to do? Um, knock at the door. I mean, uh, I don't know. What do you do at a main gate? Um, there is. So, yeah, you're there. There's like, you go ahead and knock. Yeah, or ring, ring the large bell or whatever and be like. Yeah, there, there's, there's a pull string. So Immortalia, you see it and pull it down. And actually it's not one bell. It's about six different chimes that go off. And this little hole slides open um, at eye level for a halfling. So at about four feet and it's looking at your waist and you hear a, Oh, hold on, watch of scrambling, that slide shut. And then another one opens up and clearly um, there's a halfling standing on a ladder who is now looking at Immortalia in the face. I probably still have to crouch down just a little bit. So yeah, and she says, hello, what can I do for you? Um, oh, we're looking for Pangloss. Is he still here? We're looking He's... For uh, yes, he's he's asked not to not to be disturbed. Okay. Um, do you know if he's found anything of interest? Uh, I can't say. He's uh, who are? Oh, you're one of the white gauntlets in the flying tower, Gherkin. You're yes. the Gherkin hero. Yes. The pickle heroes are here. The pickle heroes are here. <laughs> and you hear lots of noise and the, the gate opens and well, only three. Um, a halfling, a gnome and a dwarf um, like come running out and are like, Oh, oh, tell us all about what happened. We've heard so much. How did you, how did you find that? Um, is that Baba Yaga's hut? What are you <laughs> flying in? Uh, well, it is not Baba Yaga's hut. Um, Milden here is our pilot. Um, we found how it. you fly it? The gnome is like right up next to you, Milden. Um, he's, she's like, oh. How do you fly it? Just do. Milden like, like waves it off like it's nothing. And it's like, you just, you just gotta feel it. It's my gnomish heritage, you know? I'm a gnome too, but I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a deep gnome. Is there something that you've learned down in the Underdark? The Underdark is full of mysteries. 
she's like, her eyes get really big. She's like, oh, you hear apprentices, apprentices. Um, and standing closer to the hex tower itself, there's a human. Um, he's got a robe. He's got like a couple of, you call a robe belt sashes that go down where he's clearly sort of a teacher. Apprentices, leave the heroes alone. You three are welcome to come in and he's motioning you forward. You three, looking at the apprentices, will be doing kitchen duty this evening for that latest display. He brings the three of you inside, takes you to like a side office and says, Master Riven Descartes will be with you shortly. And he turns and leaves and really in not more than 15 minutes, um, another gnome comes bustling in and it's like, ah, I, I hear you're here. And you recognize him from the dinner the other, other evening. And he says, so I heard you had success following up um, the Druid's vision. Yes and no. What do you but, mean, yes and no? I mean, yes, we slayed dragons. No, we don't know if we got everything back that we need from the goblins. Oh, I hear the catalogers are at work already. Yeah. You'll have your answer. These things take time. I mean... Dekirka and the Tangle didn't grow overnight. These yeah. are the ways of magic. Yep. I mean, we still have some things to do, but I thought we might check in and see if we have any more, any more information on... Uh, oh, I apologize. Come with me, because he's looking... And he's now realizing that Immortalia and Quinn are like scrunching down to fit like in here. He's like, I can't believe Clarkson had you meet in my office. Come, let's go out to the courtyard. And he takes you inside and in the center of the hex, like the inside is also a hexagon and the bottom floor where you are, there are all sorts of different statues made out of crystal, made out of marble, made out of mechanical parts. And almost all of them are moving. Some of them magically, some of them animated by, by gears. So it's like you're in this moving sculpture park, but there are seats and areas for you to, to sit comfortably, um, unlike inside the hex. Um, but he's like, well, so... What brings you to us? Not just to tell us about your good news, but why have you come to visit the Hex? Um, I mean, so we wanted to see if uh, Pangloss had uncovered anything about the scrying bowl. We've been trying to learn all we can about the dragon lords and, you know, prepare ourselves for what may be to come. Ah. Um, 
John, do you want to give me a, a roll of a 20-sided dice? And I don't know if you happen to remember Pangloss's spell casting ability modifier off the top I of your head. I have him in here somewhere. Huh. Um, a, I think it's charisma, and I don't remember. I want to say plus two or you three. Mean, you mean, um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, yes, charisma bonus is a plus three, proficiency plus three. Okay. And what did you roll on the 20? Uh, I got a 13. 13. So then that would be plus six to a 19. Uh, if we're doing both of those, yeah, it would be 19 total. Okay. Um, so he has been, he has been making progress, sort of remarkable progress on on the um, the scrying bull. He did ask not to be disturbed. Oh, for, he's, he flips open a little notebook. He still has a dozen days where he was going to be staying in his room and asking for only food to be passed under the door while he was working deeply with, uh, with the scrying bull. Um, I'm not sure that we should disturb him at the moment. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I'm, I mean, I don't, I'm not, a. I mean, I do magic, but not that kind of magic. I'm not a studier, but. What, um, so Riven turns to um, Milden and it's like, what do, what are your thoughts? Mm. I'm not much of a studier, um, but. More like a partier. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, school was not my thing. Parties, yes. Um, if we could, if we could get some, some wine or something going on. Um, but I suspect it would be best to not disturb Pangloss if that was his specific request. These magic things are, most fiddly. We could always uh, slide a note under his door. Um, we could send it. He is taking three meals, um, tea and dessert. So there are five times a day that we slide notes under his door. Um, we could do it at the next one to see if he would want to be disturbed or send any information back. Yeah, why don't why don't we do that? That I feel like that seems that seems reasonable and we can then get get what we what we can and if he needs to continue to study then he needs to continue to study and learn what he can from the scrying bowl. Um I will leave you here with 
with some wine. He sort of nods. You're not quite sure if it's condescendingly or not towards Milden with some wine until after after the evening meal and then report back with what um, what Pangloss has said or see if he will will join you. All right, awesome. So evening comes and dinner, and in fact, you've walked around the sculpture garden. Um, Quinn has actually been interested in a number of the mechanical parts. And in fact, there is one sculpture in particular, which sort of reminds you of a musket or a cannon and you spend it, it's, um, there's two, there's one that's these balls that, you know, that bounce into each other and then bounce another one out. And that's right next to like this long tube. And so Quinn spends a lot of time looking at that. Um, I don't know what Milden finds or Immatalia finds that's interesting there, but the time passes fairly quickly. Um, and the um, other members of the Red Wizards, um, some of the servants have set up a small table for you all. And it's set up for actually five folks. Riven comes back, um, Pangloss comes down and the three of you and you're sitting around. No, you know what? Forget five, It's everything is a hexagon. So Riven has brought a scribe who is also sitting at the table. And the six of you will will have dinner together, and you can talk magic and scrying bowls and a little bit of what Pangloss has discovered. All right. Whew. So we, um, I mean, we're here to ask what's. Uh, I mean, Pangloss has found anything out about how the bowl works, about the bowl. or if it if it works, or who it contacts. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, so, so we'll we John maybe um, we can put our heads together and sort of play through Pangloss here, since he used to yeah. be your character before he had retreat it to the red wizards and and the hex um and i recall he had had those books about the scrying bowl had found the scrying bowl in steam hill yeah the only thing that i have noted that i was able to determine about the bowl before you know like going into the deep study or whatever was that it was a bowl of dragon summoning but I, I don't remember if that was like absolutely certain information or if that was some kind of, hey, this may be a bowl of dragon summoning. Yeah. But um, that's, that's about all I had beforehand. Yeah, so it allows you to see through the eyes of the nearest dragon, but it alerts that dragon to you. And uh, okay. so when the scrying bowl was used in Steam Hill, it brought the green dragon, it brought things to the sleeping green dragon's attention. In fact, woke that green dragon who then started to head to Steam, right. to Steam Hill. Okay. 
and you think, and part of the reason you were going to go into a D12, and I rolled a D12 dice to see how many days it would take, a deep period of study that you've now interrupted. You had just started, it was like day one of up to 12 days and you'll restart it tomorrow because you thought <laughs> it was important enough to come talk to everybody. But when you attune fully to the bowl, you may be able to see the future of what the nearest dragons plan to do or are going to do. So you're gonna spend 12 days like attuning to this bowl, using it, studying different liquids inside it. And you want to see if you're connecting to any particular dragon who's within a hundred miles of Lake Court. You, in fact, part of what led you to this discovery and the reason Pangloss is a little bit weak at the moment, you were watching through the eyes of Nietzsche during the battle. And seeing Immortalia is a little shocking to you at the moment <laughs> because there's this little sense of, oh, you are the one who beheaded me. <laughs> with, with, the, with the 19, like as a role, you're like, able to sort that out and you're mm -hmm. like it still makes you feel a little uneasy like you're like okay i know i was looking through the you know scrying bowl and i really wasn't the dragon so i got you know the separation but it's still weird sitting and having dinner with you <laughs> unsettling where did we originally get the bowl from? I can't Steve, recall. Steam hill. You mean, was it in we, the treasure hall? No, no, it was, it was, just, on, it was a on a table and we, it had a weird liquid in it and we touched it. That's and right, that's right. It that's like right. rang and we were like, oh, shoot, what's that doing? And then we were like, hey, Pangloss, you touch it now. Because it has like a, a it, embossed dragons on it or yeah, it has it an image has, of Tiamat on it or something, something like that. Something like that. Also, the... Uh, the dragonborn, so me and Immortalia, and I, I think it was me and Immortalia were on that room. It was in that and room. And Yeah, all three of us touched the bowl. And we, we all, but we also did not like, I don't think we liked the bowl. We did no, not we did enjoy, not like did not enjoy at least the presence of the bowl being there. Yeah. It I, do, I do not like it, same on hand. I do not like green eggs in hand. Yeah, it, it is. The bowl does something weird for when it's used around Dragonborn. It it feels strangely connected. There was like that deep gong disturbingness to it. Um, and in some ways, perhaps a little bit more of an attraction for a chromatic Dragonborn and a stronger repulsion for metallic Dragonborn. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, I mean, we should probably leave you to it then. And did um, when like when Nishi was killed, did Pangloss get any like? Did the did the perspective shift to a different dragon in that moment, or do you have to like 
start over whatever the ritual is to contact a, a, a new whatever who the new nearest dragon is um what was the sequence of Nietzsche and Fahrenheit? Nietzsche died first and then the gherkin was rammed into Fahrenheit. You yeah. shift it for all of 12 seconds. I mean, because those right. deaths followed yeah. each other. But yeah, it, it was, was this weird moment of vertigo, like, oh my God, my head's chopped off. Oh, I'm being crushed by the gherkin. And then <laughs> snap back to where you were. Um, right now so think okay. think albus dumbledore and the and the pensive that like uh, looking uh, no yeah, okay not, not help me okay so think think big bowl and you look into it and look into the liquids and as you're staring in your attention like zips right. into the bowl and then you are there as if you're in the presence of the you know another in fact not in the presence of but in the in the scene where the nearest right, right. dragon is that you've connected through the scrying bowl and pan and what happened last time was you went to nietzsche you were there establishing a connection starting to figure out how this worked and then the hero showed up and nietzsche was killed and then you had this quick weird two seconds of vertigo. Oh my God, I'm in another dragon. Oh, it's hit by the gherkin. <laughs> I'm flying back to this right. space and a little woozy and weird. And that's, that's well, how it works. And supposedly in the literature about the scrying bowl is it will not only allow you to see what the dragons are doing currently, but also what they've done in the past or what they've done in the future. And part of the reason that you want to spend 12 days with it is right. to figure out can I connect to a dragon and can I follow it for a length of time? Right, right. Well, it, it, at a minimum, it at least suggests that at least at that point, there weren't other dragons in range because I didn't jump to some other dragon. So that's 24 hours ago or whatever it is, yeah. but. Yeah, and you haven't been able to establish another connection, but you were like, er, you know, early in the use of it now, and it just hasn't, like you probably wouldn't have broken off if you had established and were starting to see through another dragon's eye. But at this point you were like, yeah, I have time to, to come down. It's only a day's right. work of work loss. And... Um... I forgot what I was going to ask. Oh, what, what what was the supposed range on the thing? A hundred miles or something? Yeah, you're. You know what? Uh, the estimates in the books and that that you've looked at seem to vary. Uh, Hundreds is a good guess at the moment, but there are some that are like, if it's anywhere in this half of the world. And then there are others like if it's in close proximity to you. So you're there like maybe some some factor there of like maybe if you're more attuned, you can reach out further or something. There may be some variability there. Yeah. So Pangloss has this 
tool that as a saucer, he is really interested in and interested in, in pushing more. And Riven and the other red wizards in the hex are pretty certain that Pangloss is able to use it in a way that nobody else can. Like when you first came here and were working with it, there was a few others trying to help you and no one else seemed as attuned to the bowl as you are. Like it, it just, right. it, you know, some could get it to do a few things. There are some experts who are helping you who are good with scrying, but Pangloss and this bowl, uh, the red wizards are like, yeah, we want to see you use this and we're going to help. Wonder, I wonder if like possessing it increases your attunement to it. Because I've yeah. been carrying it around, or Pangloss yeah, has been, been carrying, carrying it around, around for, for a while, while so yeah. that may be a factor. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So post dinner, um, Milden, Immortalia, and Quinn heading back to the Gherkin. Everybody yeah. sleeping a second peaceful night in a row. I don't know. Yeah. Can we have this? Should I roll for wandering monsters in the center of a town? <laughs> <laughs> wandering, uh, wandering townspeople. Yeah, roll for wandering, uh, wandering. fans. Normally, there would be half living, stumbling home from the local pubs and that, but normally. this city lost like a tenth of its population. Um, within the last two weeks from the goblin raids and the dragons. So it is not very joyous. It's actually pretty damn quiet at night. Um, but the night passes without any attacks. And in the morning, I assume that you all set off towards Nordhus? Yeah, I don't think that there's really anything else that we can get here that we can't get in Nordhus, which is a bigger city and has more amenities. The only and thing, it's also not burnt down. The only thing I thought of was a few little minor, like a few extra flasks of oil and things just to kind of replenish my stocks. Yeah, so awesome. Just add those to, you know, spend the gold that you have. Oh, Suri yeah. went shopping while um, while Immortalia, Milden, and Quinn were, were visiting the, uh, the Hex. And you all, we're gonna just do a few more minutes, but you all spend the next day, you travel up the Ronzulanga River towards Long Lake. Um, you fly over Long Lake, you know where Steam Hill is off on the Western side, but you don't bother to go there. You fly to Nordhus um, and you land um, sort of at the dock in the, the central area of Nordhus where you've landed before. And if you go over to the bank of Nordhus, um, the dwarves there have exchanged your gems and other things for gold. So I can tell you both what the party has as a total and what are and are what each of the nine members would have in terms of the big hordes that you deposited from Steam Hill, from the Sea of Moving Ice, from the Gloam Holds, like everything that you have that you don't have individually written down. And then you could figure out if you're buying bigger items next time, what you might want to buy. So let me tell you those amounts. And then between now and next week when we play, 
you could, you know, we could talk for a few minutes as a full group, like if you want to spend it as a group or if you want to look at what what you have each individually. Just a, just a quick obvious question. Do we want to buy a ballista again or some other? We're, we're going to get cannons. Yeah, we're gonna I don't know cannons. if they're going to be free or not, but we will be getting cannons. Okay. So ballistas, yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like Quinn yeah. wants to go to Tazio and have Tazio see if Tazio has built a cannon and if so, buy it. Because yeah. she was... Hey, your artisans. I'll yeah. want to go to a couple of places. I'll want to go to an armory for sure because I want to get javelins. Because I haven't had javelins yet. Um, yes. uh, and I want to get a spyglass. I want to try to get some other things perhaps. Oh, yes. Could, did, did we have to return the spyglass, I assume? <laughs> um, no one asked for it, but Immortalia returned it. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. So you no longer have a spyglass. All right. For the moment, shopping next time. Yeah. Cannons and then flying the castle top off to Dedarus's tomb.